Welcome to Leo Rising, a tarot and creative intuition podcast. My name is Jenna Fox, and my approach to these conversations, it's less of a how-to and more of a come along on the journey with me. My way of being in the world is really influenced by my identity as a queer mama, adoptee, and witch raised in fundamental Christianity, as well as professionally as I'm steeped in the world of academia, teaching human development college classes to young people. We're talking teenagers who dropped out of high school and my licensure as a mental health counselor with a strong background in crisis work. The tarot though, man, it feels like it's the bedrock, the story underneath all of these layers that I so closely identify with. And that's what I'm here for. The conversations that I have as an introvert on this journey, where I'm talking to you, where I'm talking to others, that's what I'm here for. Let's discover that bedrock. So this year I've been doing a lot of exploration of pagan holidays and really trying to incorporate them into my way of being in the world, even if they aren't something that I would normally gravitate towards or something that I am doing some big grand celebration for. Um, If I think back to Samhain and how I was initially planning on doing a like whole evening ritual kind of by myself and staying up late, um, which actually morphed into something completely different and super beautiful. Um, And so today I really wanted to talk about the spirituality of Groundhog's Day and the Ace of Pentacles. Um, But before I talk about Groundhog's Day, I have to kind of bring it back into my own exploration of these holidays and some of the history. So today I'm going to be talking about um, St. Bridget's Day, otherwise known as Groundhog's Day, otherwise known as Candlemas, (laughs) otherwise known as Imbolc. Um, And I don't speak ancient Gaelic. And so, you know, the traditional people say Imbolc, which um, I don't think is probably the actual way that it was pronounced, just like Samhain is not Samhain. Um, And so I've heard it Imbolc. um, But again, I don't speak Gaelic. And so I'm sure that I am just making people um, cringe (laughs) around the world. Um, But so there's like a ton of different um, traditions that I could begin exploring. And most of my information just came from the internet, Wikipedia, which I know is not really that great of a scholarly source, but it's just something for me to begin musing on. Um, And so let's start with the date. I'm recording this on January 31st. And between January 31st and February 3rd, there is um, a tradition that goes back what seems to be going back to really ancient times, Neolithic era, of these holidays that is the halfway point between um, winter solstice and the spring equinox. And so that's where we get this um, St. Bridget's Day and Mulg, Groundhog's Day, Candlemas in different parts of the Christianized world. So before I kind of get into um, some of the contemporary times, I really wanted to start with the goddess Bridget, who was an Irish goddess, Celtic goddess, and 
there's actually um, some speculation that she was um, not just the goddess of the spring and fertility, but that she kind of existed in Ireland um, and was left over from some of the more ancient goddesses of like the dawn. Um, so the goddess Bridget, which is spelled B-R-I-G-I-D traditionally, um, and then there's, you know, the different pronunciations of that. And in Ireland, before it was colonized and Christianized, um, she, the goddess Bridget was associated with like springtime, fertility, healing, and then there's some references even to poetry. So reading directly from Wikipedia, in the 10th century, it was said that monks said that Bridget was a goddess who's, who poets adored and that she had two sisters. Bridget the healer and Bridget the smith, who could possibly indicate that she was a triple goddess. So I'm sort of familiar with the Celtic goddess, the Morrigan, which is a trip, another triple goddess. And so this idea of Bridget possibly being also a triple goddess is really interesting to me. Um, and there's, you know, some dispute about the actual day of um, the the traditional like festival or celebration of this time. Um, but like I said, anywhere between sort of January 31st and February 3rd. Um, and it really is a welcoming celebration of <laughs> the beginning of spring. Okay, so there's this goddess Bridget. And then there's St. Bridget's Day. And that makes me curious because, well, first of all, how does the goddess Bridget translate into St. Bridget? And then what the heck does that have to do with a small woodland creature in Pennsylvania? You know what I mean? So the goddess Bridget is very ancient in Ireland. And then St. Bridget is one of Ireland's patron saints. And she was one of the the earliest um and she was considered at least by legend to be an irish nun and has a feast day on february 1st when traditionally in bulk was um celebrated so you know the more i read about saint bridget and the goddess bridget there was just a lot of like woven um, narrative that can't really be pinpointed and stuck down into any particular historical fact from what I was reading. It just seems like there is a lot of, you know, the game of telephone over the years. So kind of like any ancient story, there is some contention whether St. Bridget was actually a historical person or if it was just a way for the Christian monks to um, take the people's goddess and um, take that worship, that goddess worship, and sort of, instead of demonizing, um, like was pretty traditional um, to do, to like demonize the gods or goddesses of a particular region when the Christianization was coming through. So instead of demonizing it, kind of taking it and trying to create a harmonious relationship so that it would kind of bridge the cultural divide um, because people were still celebrating Imbolg and, um, you know, St. Bridget's Day. They were celebrating on that day and the name just sort of changed. But there is a book um, that dates back to 625 and according to tradition, St. Bridget was born in 451 AD and that her mother was a Christian picked slave. 
and her father was a chieftain and that that Bridget, St. Bridget, had been um, baptized by St. Patrick. So we think about, you know, in in February, no, March, we have St. Patrick's Day. Um, And so kind of like really, in at least the legend, at least in this kind of ancient story, anchoring St. Bridget into really the... um, the fabric and the narrative of Ireland as a Christian um, place of being. So here it is, 451, and her mother was a Christian and she was baptized by St. Patrick. But when the chieftain, who was her father, when his wife found out that um, the mother had (laughs) become pregnant, she sold her to a druid. And so very basically Bridget was born into slavery and then this the the legend continues by saying that when Bridget was a baby she would vomit when being fed by the druid and that this was because this the explanation for this was because St Bridget was so pure and holy and that the druid was unclean and when i read that my skin um really crawled because it just feels like even within these telling and retelling of these stories that there is such a kind of like washing over um and you know basically demonizing other cultures and other religions and honestly it was probably she was an infant with colic right or um the the GERD, right? So it's like the gastro, um, it's just like acid reflux. So she probably had colic and acid reflux and was spitting up, um, whatever this druid supposedly was feeding her. Um, and the legend continues that she was, um, fed by a white cow with red ears, which is kind of interesting and, um, is something that I would probably like when I have more time to kind of dive into some of the symbolism. And it would be really interesting for me, you know, when I'm not just kind of off the cuff podcasting about how I'm feeling about things, but it'd be interesting for me to do some of the research on, um, all of the different little nuances of St. Bridget. So, um, as she grew older, she performed miracles, um, including, um, a time where she gave away all of her mom's butter and then prayed and all of the mom's butter was restored in like the butter pantry. And then she also was known for giving away her father's belongings. So remember her dad was a chieftain and I can imagine that I'd be pretty annoyed if my, if I came home and my kids had given away all of my stuff. I'm not sure that I would consider that holy and saintly. I think I would be really annoyed. Um, But so when she was still like a young girl, she received the call, which is um, she had been freed by the king and she received the call towards like monastic life and becoming a nun. And she actually founded um, a monastery on the site of the shrine to the Celtic goddess Bridget where young women tended an eternal flame. And when I was reading that, I was really thinking about this eternal flame, like the Olympic torch, which I was obsessed with as a kid. Um, I was in school, I think I was in fourth grade when the Lillehammer Olympics um, happened. And just remember being like, wow, they keep this flame going and it just runs around the world. And that was kind of amazing. So St. Bridget seems like a pretty cool um, historical figure in, you know, she started at some art schools and kind of seemed to have like a really like strong focus on women and kind of providing a place for them within the 
you know, pretty ancient Irish society. Um, and then even thinking about how, you know, she's connected with or um, possibly just a reiteration, a humanization of the goddess Bridget. It's kind of an interesting, um, you know, thing for me to contemplate and think about as far as like the human way of being in the world kind of as a channel for some more um, deeper, mysterious magic and so, you know, that's just kind of something that I've been thinking about. But, you know, when I started this, I was like, okay, let's talk about the spirituality of Groundhog's Day. Um, and how does that relate to anything? And how does that relate to the Ace of Pentacles? Well, okay. So it's hard to kind of, um, you know, parcel all of this out. But St. Bridget um, was said, or the goddess Bridget, excuse me was said to gather firewood and so she would you know in the winter time so this um this day this embolg this saint bridget's day it comes you know let's say february 1st and it's like halfway to the spring equinox and the goddess bridget would um come out to gather firewood and if it was a bright and sunny day, she could spend a lot of time outside gathering firewood, which would mean that the winter would be extended because she'd be like super warm and cozy inside, apparently, and not want to come out. Um, and if she if it was kind of like a gray and cold or cloudy day and she came out, you know, that would mean that she'd only be spending a little bit of time inside or outside, um, gathering firewood because she'd want to come back and, you know, stay warm and cozy inside. So she just like would zip out, grab a little bit of firewood and then come back in. Um, which I guess kind of makes sense. Um, although I've never really understood the whole symbolism of, um, the go the sunshine early on, meaning extended winter. And it makes me wonder, I'm sure that there's somebody smart enough in the listening audience, um, to tell me this, that if there's actually something predictive about like weather patterns that if it is sunny early on doesn't mean that winter stays kind of um, extended and cold but maybe perhaps sunny versus like um, you know I'm thinking of like air pressure air pressure or um, yeah weather patterns um, so groundhogs today is kind of something that really doesn't seem to be a holiday that most people celebrate Except maybe for, you know, like American school children. I'm sure that my kid is going to come home with tales of the, um, you know, Punxsutawney Phil and the groundhog and him seeing a shadow or not. Um, but I guess that that tradition was really started by Germans who settled in Pennsylvania and that there was a tradition in Germany that used hedgehogs, which hailed back to Candlemas, which was another Christian festival that also happened on February 1st. Um and it mostly, like, as I was doing all of this, like, kind of exploration, it sort of seems like um, the Christian church is tried, like, at least the ancient Christian church, tried to stuff itself into too tight of jeans after a large dinner. Um, and kind of created a bunch of rituals where pagan traditions seem to have worked just fine. Um, and so all of these different candle moss is, like, not 
um, St. Bridget focused and it isn't the goddess Bridget focused. It's about like the purity of the Virgin Mary after the birth of Jesus. So, um, similar, a similar vein in that it's like this blossoming or this like new growth into something, um, you know, new, but it's still strange to me that, uh, you know, there's kind of like all of these different iterations of something that the church, um, could have just left alone. Um, so I was thinking about Groundhog's Day and growing up, I never understood that why, you know, if a, if an animal saw its shadow, why that meant that it would be a longer winter. Um, but this idea of looking for like signs of spring and, and how, you know, the groundhog pops his head out and kind of looks around. Um, I guess there's also some traditions that like it was like a badger or bears or snakes, kind of any other animal that sort of looks out. And I've been seeing in my yard, you know, the little, the little shoots. So we have some um, day lilies, which are also called ditch lilies, and they're really um, hardy um, bulbs. And they start to grow, like sprout up their tiny, tiny little green shoots. And I get really excited this time of year because they're poking out and through um, the hard and kind of yucky grass um, or, you know, bark in my in my um, flower beds, even though there's still like the old maple leaves from the fall that I haven't cleaned up yet. So when I think of Groundhog's Day, I can't help but think of the movie Groundhog's Day starring Bill Murray. And to be completely honest, I've never seen this movie. Um, I wasn't allowed to watch movies growing up. And so I missed out on a whole wide swath of pop cultural references. But I do actually um, you know, know the general gist. Um, this idea of like reliving um, a particular day. And so it actually got me thinking about where I started the podcast with the Ace of Pentacles and this idea of the spirituality of Groundhog's Day and sort of maybe this idea of reliving cycles and kind of revisiting um coming back to something over and over again, reliving the same energy or the same story. And so uh a couple of months ago, I participated in Tess Guyberson, City Witch, um, their um, folk tarot um, Zoom-like training. And one of the things that they said in their workbook was um, about this focus on an ace being like a seed. And that really stuck with me, this idea of the potential existing in its like really pure state, but not just the potential for, um, you know, one tree or one flower or one life, but that within it, it actually contains kind of a multitude. So I was talking with a really good friend um, the other day, and we were kind of talking about my um, adoption. And it just made me start to think about the Ace of Pentacles. And typically, when I think about things like family and adoption and life and stuff, Pentacles isn't always the one that I go to, I think more of like cups and like the world of the heart and emotions. Or I think about wands, because I'm so fire driven, I think about wands and how it's like the spark of life. But this idea of a seed was kind of really um, percolating in my brain. And my favorite um, 
tarot deck right now is the Pagan Otherworlds. And the, just the image of this gold coin with all these beautiful flowers kind of delicately, you know, stacked around it. And it just, it feels both delicate and really solid. And I was telling my friend that I, you know, it was really powerful for me to learn um, the fact that I, as a, um, as if as an egg was in my mom, my biological mom's body when she was in utero in my grandma's body. And that's kind of what I think about this um, spirituality of Groundhog's Day and the spirituality of the Ace of Pentacles and this experience of like reliving something and the cycles, like the concentric circles within, you know, there was my grandmother's body and my mother's forming body. And then my, um, existence as the egg that was not complete because, you know, it isn't complete unless there's the sperm attached, but there was like an essence of me and just sort of how this, this thing, um, kind of ripples out. And then it was actually in this conversation, you know, a night or two ago where I realized that my children have always existed inside of me. And that was viscerally shocking to me. Um, because growing up, I often felt very alone and, this is, of course, taking it into like more of an abstract um, because, yes, I know like scientifically the eggs existed inside of me and I don't believe that they were actually my children um, because of my belief about how, you know, <laughs> eggs and sperm meet and then souls and all of that. But just this idea that... Um, the, the makeup of part of my children already existed inside of me while I existed inside of my biological mom. And it got me really thinking about um, how, how yeah, these cycles go and the, the seed that can hold the potential for an entire ancestral lineage that continues to go on. And that then how you revisit not me personally, but how like energy revisits over and over again. And the looking for me, like the looking for the springtime and that fertility and the noticing is like every year I'm going to see these bulbs pop up. Right. And being kind of really present for, um, the, the emerging from the darkness and the birthing process that happens and thinking, you know, it all existed at that, at that same time. Um, and it's a beautiful journey, you know, from the ace through the 10 and into the court card. Um, but this, you know, going back to the goddess Bridget of being all about springtime and fertility and poetry and there's some, there seems something to be really poetic about that emerging life that happens um, every springtime, the waiting for it and the noticing it and the delicacy of it and how quickly winter can kind of come back and reclaim the territory, you know, where I live in the Pacific Northwest and it's, it's been springtime feeling in uh, here for a while. And then they're talking about on the, um, the radio and the news that there's going to probably be 
a cold front coming through and possibly snow. And, and so I think about that, about just kind of that delicacy that happens, that just the delicate nature of these cycles. So that's kind of what's been on my mind, you know, and it's, it's sort of like a long and winding circuitous route to get to um, that story around my body, my physical sense of, you know, as I was growing up, I felt alone, but I wasn't ever really alone, even though I can hold the space of saying I felt alone and I wasn't alone. So happy Imbolc, happy St. Bridget's Day, happy Candlemas, happy Groundhog's Day to all of you. And of course, I would love any feedback, you know. I'm over on Instagram at Leo Rising Tarot, and you can email me, leorisingtarot at gmail.com. Hey, friends. Thanks for listening to Leo Rising, a tarot and creative intuition podcast. As of January 2021, this podcast and all of the information is archived. So feel free to listen to the episodes. The wisdom of the tarot is everlasting. But much of the information about um, booking a reading from people has changed in the last couple of years. So know that there isn't a tarot um, Instagram account or email address or way to get a hold of me for readings at this point. And of course, I will update that in the future if it changes.